UCF is an underdog coming into the 2020 season. Like if you think about in 2017 and 2018, this is a team that won 25 games in a row, won a national championship, and was the favorite in the conference both of those years. Even going into 2019, there were, no one really thought that the UCF Knights couldn't win, and obviously they still were in the running. But now with Memphis and Cincinnati taking steps up, there are people who are picking both of them over UCF, and it's almost like not UCF's forgotten, but they're kind of an underdog. And I, I really like that idea because that's what they were in 2017. That's what they were again in 2018, at least nationally. 2017 was also in the conference. 2018, they were favored in the conference. 2019, they were favored in the conference. But still, they're still the underdog. And that's what the AAC's most intriguing thing is that not this silly power six movement, which you can like it or you can hate it. I don't really get into it. But they are an underdog. They're an underdog in every single way because no one gives them a chance nationally. And unfortunately, we're not going to get a shot to see what they can do this year, which is really tough considering you have North Carolina as the first game. And now that this virus is getting everybody to change their schedules, conferences are sticking to conference only, and now kids are opting out of the season. It's just too bad that we we didn't get it a few years ago because of the hurricane. And now we're not getting it because of the coronavirus. And this year, North Carolina is going to be so good, as is UCF. And it's really too bad. But we're not going to look at what could have been. We're going to look at what can UCF do to make sure that they're back on top. And it really starts with the quarterback position. So Mackenzie Milton, everybody knows his story, kind of what happened, his injury, and now his comeback. Supposedly, he's on track to play this year. And I don't know what that looks like. So we're not going to go into hypotheticals of what Mackenzie Milton looks like because it's not an injury that you normally can say, oh, yeah, he'll be back to where he was before, and let's see how that fits into the system. Nobody, even Mackenzie probably doesn't know what he's going to look like this year. Now, we could sit here and talk about what we think, but nobody knows. So we're not going to dive into that. We're going to look at Dylan Gabriel and what can he do to improve on a 2019 season in which he surprised a lot of people. You know, he threw for over 3,600 yards with 29 touchdowns, but it was still a season in which he played like a freshman. There were the big games that he struggled in and you know, some of the some of the things weren't his fault, but he was still a freshman. And that's it's, you know, you join a team that was expecting to have a guy like Milton at quarterback. And now they're throwing a freshman into the mix, which, in my opinion, Gabriel fits into Josh Heupel's system better, but he doesn't have the experience. And then you go on the road against Well, I should say, let's start with they play FAU. He does. He's he does all right. He only throws 19 passes, completes only seven of them, which that wasn't great. But he threw for 245 yards with two touchdowns. The next game against Stanford, 
He throws 30 passes, completes 22 of them, 73.3%, for 347 yards and four touchdowns. So you're thinking, this kid might get it. This kid might be the the real deal. And then we get a reality check on the road. Now, if you thought Pitt was going to be the team of all teams to upset UCF, then I would. <laughs> you were probably making a lot of money. I don't think anybody saw Pitt, but then again, maybe they did because you have a game like Stanford, which Stanford wasn't a bad team at the time. Now, they were a bad team in 2019, but we didn't know that until later in the season. So the win over Stanford was a big win, so this could have been a letdown game. But I don't think anybody thought Pitt had a chance to hang with UCF, but they did. And you're looking at Gabriel's performance. He goes 25 of 42 for 338 with two touchdowns and two picks. And the two picks were very costly. So that was, you know, his first real taste of adversity on the collegiate level. And he didn't play poorly, but he didn't do enough to help his team win either. So that was tough. And then you go to UConn, we're not even bother talking about that, and you get to the game that everybody was looking forward to, the Cincinnati game. This is the team that everyone thought, this is they're the team that's going to beat UCF. When you looked at their schedule at the beginning of the year, Cincinnati was the biggest threat and only threat besides Stanford. Those are the two teams. You thought maybe they could slip up of Temple, but no one was actually picking Temple. USF is a rivalry game, but USF was bad last year. Cincinnati was the lone conference team that had a chance and was being picked to beat UCF and give them their one or maybe even their second loss of the year. So you get to that game, and it's on the road, and Gabriel struggles again. He goes 25-46. 297 yards, throws a touchdown pass, but throws three picks. Now, granted, one of those picks, Gabriel Davis falls down, and Cam Jeffries picks it off and takes off the other way. But Gabriel also throws an interception, a pick six inside of their own 20, and another pick later, too. So there are things that he can do better and if you haven't watched it by now, I did a film breakdown or I'm going to do a film breakdown of what Gabriel did in that game and how he tried to improve it, improve it a little bit later. But also those are the kind of things that he can work on. And those things are stepping up in the pocket during pressure. There are times where he his footwork is good. He's quick to set up to his throws. His feet are very quick. But there are times where he doesn't step towards his target. And that leads for his arm to throw the ball. Well, I guess for him to throw the ball a little bit wide. And while Gabriel Davis is good at coming down with passes that like that, you got you to gotta make sure in those pressure situations, in those big games, that you are throwing the ball in the best position for your receiver to make a catch. And he did that later. There are a couple plays where... They come back to the same play and he he nails it or is just still a little bit off, but still completes the pass. But there are things that he can do 
to be better than he was as a freshman. And now I overall, if I have to say anything about Dylan Gabriel's freshman season, it was really good. I'm not going to say it wouldn't change anything, but I'm not going to complain that he was the sole reason why UCF lost three games. And so we've talked about two of those games and they're both on the road. And the third one is also going to be on the road. So it's going to be this year how he handles games on the road. And so if you look real quick at his completion percentage on the road at FAU, he was 36.8, which is really bad, but it was also his second game in college. The pit game, he was 59.5%. Cincinnati is 54.3. Temple, he's 50. And Tulsa, he's 60.5, which isn't terrible, but it's not great. He also threw picks. All seven of his picks have come on the road as well. And then the last one, at Tulane, 52.2%. Now, granted, the Temple and Tulane games, they won, but it needs to get better. You can't rely on home games every single game because not only is that not going to happen ever, but you just can't play one way at home where it's comfortable. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And that also goes back to being able to stay poised in the pocket and complete those passes when pressure's in your face and not fading away when you think there's pressure in front of you when really you can step up and drill a pass. So the Tulsa game was just a letdown in general. That's not all on Gabriel. I will not. I've refused to blame one person. There's no way UCF should lose to Tulsa. Now, I also think Tulsa is a team to watch for in 2020, but there's no way UCF should ever lose to Tulsa, even this year or last year. So there are things that Gabriel can do better. There's going to be competition if, if Mackenzie Milton is healthy, but Gabriel, to me, fits that offense better, and he has the arm talent that's different than what Milton brings to the table in terms of being able to take a top off the defense. He can make those deep throws. Milton needs a little bit more help from his receivers, but Gabriel can fit those throws into tight windows. So he brings a different dynamic to that offense. He brings a passing attack that Milton doesn't, not saying Milton's not a good passer because he can make good throws, but Gabriel is going to be the better passer when it's all said and done. He might even be better right now. Overall, Milton's going to be the better prospect just because he has more experience, but it's a different offense, and I believe Hypo can make both of those work, but my biggest concern is how does Gabriel improve? How does he develop? And the second thing is, does Milton playing mean that we'll see two quarterbacks for UCF? And if if so, how does that affect both quarterbacks' rhythm? Because I'm not a fan of the two-quarterback system, even when you have two really good quarterbacks. Because we saw a few years ago, Notre Dame had it with Malik Zaire and Deshaun Kaiser. Both at the time were very good quarterbacks. I don't think anybody would have said, no, neither one of them is really good. And both of them struggled when it was two people playing. I don't think that works. I think, however... UCF is going to have to use that if Milton is healthy. 
And if so, how does that chemistry work when it's one quarterback in and then the next one comes in the next series? And then same with the rhythm. How does each quarterback find his rhythm during each game and throughout the season? So UCF still a very talented team. They return a lot uh, at skill positions, even up front. There's a lot to like about the offense. I'm not concerned that they'll take a step back. It just comes down to how they perform in the big games and on the road because last year they had a freshman running the show. They don't have a freshman this year. He's still a sophomore, so still he has a year under his belt, but he's still learning. And you could say, yes, he's going to get better, but we have to see how he does on the road and how does he compete in the big games. We know Milton knows what he's doing, but there's a concern about his health. Gabriel is talented, but we need to see what his improvement in those clutch moments. UCF's really, really good this year. I think that they're headed for another conference championship, at least an appearance, if not a title. It's not going to be as easy. The AAC is much more talented than it was when Mackenzie Milton was still a healthy starting quarterback. But I think that counting UCF out in any regard is still a mistake despite what they have to figure out with quarterback.